With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, let's be quite honest about tonight's 90 minutes. It was as dull as hell. The highlight for me for that match was having my pie mash in about 80 minutes onwards because it was, let's be frank, it was totally crap, wasn't it, Alex? Uh, the game or your pie and mash? No, pie. Pie was top end. That was pie minister. You cannot no. go wrong with that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, the game The game was pretty awful. Um, it was very reminiscent of that playoff final, which no one really wants to remember. No chances really for either team. I'm not sure either team had a shot inside the box um, in the second half. I think Huddersfield had one in the first half. It was, yeah, it was just a pretty boring game. Just, yeah. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, I don't know. Was tonight's match slightly... I mean, it's really a matter of kind of like choosing which arm you want to cut off, Matt. But um, which game was better, the playoff final or tonight? Tough one. I'd probably go tonight because I had a delicious Chinese that I was tucking into during it. So I'd I'd probably go tonight. And I've tried to board that, that playoff whatever we're going to call it that that day from my memory um i'll probably try and do that for today apart from my chinese because it was delicious but um but yeah <laughs> no, it was it was dreadful best best bit was probably osho's tackle that i that actually got me excited because osho's tackle in mm. the second half was sensational but apart from that i, I, I can't even really it's going to be really an interesting podcast because I, I can't even really remember anything else from it no it's going to be a short <laughs> one don't worry but i feel like i need to go fill up the house completely and say alex what did you have for dinner well i have for dinner i had some chicken some veg <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't probably quite as good as matt's chinese but it was all right that's <laughs> right i felt like everybody wanted to know i wanted to know anyway so that's enough isn't it yeah um, highlights for me, yeah, Osho, definitely, I thought he was really good. Um, I'd say a better display than against Luton Town. I thought Pele was very good. And I thought Puskas actually, strangely, even though he got the goal on Saturday, I thought he actually played better when he was obviously first half, second half, he didn't have that much to do. But his hold-up play at some points, I thought was, I think, better than in the other games. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, like I, like I think I think in general since, since lockdown, I said it at the weekend. In general, his his hold up play and everything, his all round game since since the resumption of play it, has been a lot lot better. Um, you've got Tim Deller and that barking on the radio about oh how he didn't mean to do those that that, that those runs that he did. But like he, like Tim Deller even said after, we seem to be saying oh he's getting lucky ev- like every single game about five times and. If, if 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 people can actually just probably appreciate that you know maybe he does mean to do it, it probably gets him a load of um, bad thoughts as well in Reading fans because some like to take Tim Deller's word for gospel but um but like I mean yeah I'd I'd, I'd completely completely agree with with you like he he had had some nice nice touches he it was a very good run for his one chance he probably had of the game it was a pretty it, like it was a pretty hard chance to take because he probably only had one option that was to smash it hard and low. Um, through the keeper, the chance he had in the first half, um, but um, but but yeah, apart from that, his all-round hold-up play. I mean, he still struggles when it comes at him head height, 
Um, he doesn't really do do too much. But I mean, you pass it into his feet and he, he can hold it up. He just needs people to crowd around him so he can play it off him. You know, he can't really hold the ball up when no one's there. You know, like he he needs people around him. When he gets people around him, he's he's fine. Like and and it's getting better and better. But but um but yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree on that one, Alex. What do you think? I mean, when I saw the news that Ajara is going to be missing out and Abita was coming in, I just that gave me a bad feeling straight away. It's it's not the right change, is it? Let's be honest. Um, Abita is a how to put this traditional left-footed winger, I guess, uh, who wants to stay on the touchline, doesn't really want to drift inside, can't really beat a man with a piece of skill. Um, and I think we're probably seeing now that he doesn't really have the pace to beat a player either. Um, Bowen's tried to play him left wing quite a few times now with Richards or Blackett behind him. Um, and I don't really think we've seen like a really effective you know, top-end performance for Abita in that position since he's played there this season. Um, so it was, yeah, it proved, it was a little bit disappointing. I think Elise probably should have got the start over him. I think Elise is probably a bit more similar in style to Ajaria than um, Van Abita is, and it probably would have allowed us a little bit more kind of presence going forwards um, just in terms of trying to keep the ball higher on the pitch. So, yeah, it was, it was disappointing and it probably did affect us in terms of our actual output going forwards as well. Yeah, I mean, it's strange, isn't it? When Elise came on the pitch, really, Huddersfield had most of the possession and in our half, very rarely looked like they were actually going to get a shot on target, let alone actually score. They just dithered for so long in front of goal. This, they were very, very ineffective. Yeah, um, you can see why they're so low down. They, yeah, I, I really don't. I didn't rate Huddersfield at all. I mean, I saw a stat which said that I think since the Cowleys came in, that Huddersfield are about 12th in the table or something. And they're fine at the back. But going forwards, they're very similar to us, actually, I guess, in that regard. In, in the sense of they, they've just got no, like, I want to say end product, but that's not even what it is. It's just a real lack of, like, if, if they can't break a team down, they just don't look like scoring at all. Um, neither team really created any set pieces, neither team created any out wide. It was, yeah, just very, very uncreative from both sides. Surprisingly, yeah, no real really quality how, at all, really. There's only one moment of quality when Swift kind of did a magic turn, but and he did find Mate on the wing, but that was it, wasn't it? I mean, that's five seconds at most in a match, which you thought, oh, yeah, this has been worth watching, but that's it, wasn't it? I mean, I. It was a bit disappointing, to be honest, um, to see Swift drop quite as... He definitely wasn't playing in that like same kind of role he played on Saturday. He, he definitely dropped further back, um, which I think was a little bit disappointing to see because you, you basically left Pushgas and then Mate kind of up top on their own because Zerbita wasn't quite as far forward as Zajaria was on Saturday. Um, although he tried to a couple of times drift in, it didn't necessarily work. And uh, yeah, it's it was a shame to see Swift end up kind of like dropping back towards central midfield, even though he wasn't as deep as Pele and Renault. So we ended up playing basically by the end of the game, it was one up top with a 20 25 yard gap from Mate back to the midfield. Yeah, it was proper mid table fair, wasn't it? It was really kind of, 
there was no lack of effort from us. I don't, I don't think that was the case at all. But the kind of commitment or something wasn't quite there. And people question Mark Bowen's kind of tactical outlook on that game. What do you think of it, Matt? Yeah, I, th- I think I think his tactical outlook since since plays resume really because he's he's becoming very rigid in his substitution. Something we talked about before before the podcast yeah, and during the game, in fact, like pretty much whenever whenever Puskas doesn't score, he gets hooked at sixty minutes, and even if he does score, he'll be hooked at seventy minutes, and it's the exact same week on week, week on week. There's no there's no change. There's no that th- th- there's no difference. And it, and, it, and it's always a like-for-like like change at 60 minutes. And even when Puskas wasn't or didn't start the game against Derby, it was Sam Baldock. And guess what? He got hooked at 60 minutes after not scoring. It's like it's... And I can see why it frustrates or is, is going to frustrate fans because it's it's, it's, it's pretty negative, really, because, you know, you're not, you're not changing anything. You're just doing a like-for-like like change at nil-nil when the system going forwards that we've been playing hasn't really been that effective. You'd much rather just see an actual, an actual either change in system or something different. But it's maybe it's the players we've got. They don't offer. Well, when Zhao's not there, it doesn't offer anything different. But it, it's it's just all very similar, and you can pretty much just predict it pre-game, which you just want something different. It, it feels very much like we've seen that game probably four or five times in the Marbo. It's, mm. it's the same as the Stoke away game. It's the same as the Preston home game, except for the fact that we scored in the 97th minute in that game um, today. You know, it, yes, he does make us pretty hard to, most of the time at least, he makes us pretty difficult to beat. But with teams who aren't far superior to us, we aren't going to get, you know, we're not we're not going to lose heavily against teams like Huddersfield and Bristol City and Blackburn, who are mid-table. Um but at the same point, we're going to be involved in a lot of these kind of like, I guess, grab games where we're struggling to break these kind of teams down because we don't. I guess he doesn't. He he doesn't necessarily have that kind of. Uh, I want to say quality, but it's not really what the the problem is. It's kind of he doesn't have that tactical analysis in order to kind of unlock these teams at the back. So it's we end up with these very tight games against teams in mid table. Hmm. Do you think maybe it's also a lack of quality throughout the squad? I mean, if we lose a player like a Jao, you've lost that straight away. We've also lost Jao. That's two players who really make a difference. It's just we haven't got any backup in our squad at all that you can kind of say they're first team players, I would say, in an attacking sense. Yeah. I don't look at our wingers. I mean, we haven't got one. We've got one in Mo Barrow who's supposedly come back. I mean, if you had the opportunity, would you play him, Alex, in the last, say, two or three games? Uh, probably well. I mean, it really depends, doesn't it? If 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 Mark Bowen thinks that you're gonna, if he's gonna keep him and he's gonna be here next season, he's gonna be involved. Then yeah, probably. But if he doesn't really plan on having, you know, traditional wingers next season, then is there really much point? I I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I would prefer to see, you know, I'd even prefer to see Masika get a chance for a game. Like. It's, it just seems it seems like a bit of a waste to, to throw Barrow back in if you're not planning on keeping him for next season. Um, but you might as well try out what you've got here and see if it's actually making a difference. Which, again, that kind of comes back to the same with the substitutions. Like, why bring McCleary on? I think McCleary's played what three of the last four games, perhaps now off the bench. We all know he's not going to be here after summer. Now we're mid-table and we're not going. You know, we're not chasing a, a playoff spot anymore. Is it really? Are you really, you know, gaining an ink by playing 
McCleary for 10 minutes at the end of a match? No, I, I don't think so. I agree. I mean, you'd be better off seeing someone as, like, you have Maseka or you could have Thierry Nevis, couldn't you? At some point, I know he's probably not in that position, but just give someone a go. I mean, Something I think his different. mentality showed by bringing Obita in when Ajari is out, when he could have brought in Elise. It just seems like an obvious thing. You were going to say, Matt. It's just something different, like that. That 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 I think is all you kind of want to see at this at, at this stage, kind of. And like it's, you see the same change week after week after week, and it's 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 fine. It's fine when when you're winning games. You know, you want to you want to you know maybe conserve you know your best players, Puskas. You know, you want to you, you know we're we're four or five in the lap. You want to bring him off. Same for the next game. Fair enough. But I mean, a lot of these games were nil nil, or we might be trailing a game. Um, and and it's just the same, it's it's the same changes just time after time, and it's it's just like it it it, it could come down to tact, tactical awareness, it could come down to experience for for Bowen, like but like it's some something he needs to probably work out, and I think he, he's he's probably bought himself enough time to have you know got got to this stage because he's made us very good, very resolute. But I think if he wants to really kick us on, he's got to work this out. You know, he like like Alex says, he's got to work out how to break down these teams when it's nil nil, when it's one one, when you're one nil down. You know, he's got to really kick on here because defensively he's made us very good. You can't dispute that. You know, and he's made us compete. But he's, I think, if what will really nail down if he's going to, you know, kick on for you know more than another season will be if he can, you know, get over this almost hurdle for him of. His, his substitution and game tactics almost. I think uh, it, it, there was an interesting article I, re, uh, I read over, I think it was just after the weekend, maybe just before the weekend, um, around how the club kind of have to make a decision this summer around whether they're going to back Bowen or not um, and whether what we've seen in the past two-thirds of the season is enough to basically let him loose with transfer funds and let him loose with, you know, new players. Um, and at the minute, I mean, as much as as much as I, I do think that Bowen is, has done a reasonable job, he definitely isn't doing a bad job. Um, it, I guess the, the key and the, the issue is going to remain is, is he actually going to take us forward long term? And is he going to have us competing for the top six in, say, 18 months' time or two years' time? And, I mean, that's I guess that's the key question, and that's the question that the, the owners and Nigel Howe will have to answer over summer, because if he isn't, then do you really want to waste the summer, like, with with Bowen and, and letting him kind of create and mould his own squad? Um, uh, I think they've seen I, enough to say uh, that we could, though. He's going yeah, at one point five points per game. Yeah, I don't, and that's that's probably the thing. It's like, you, do you, do you have enough to say that he couldn't? Probably not. But at the same point, there's a lot of games where we've watched and we've said Reading are, you know, they're not far away. Like today, like Preston at home, like Stoke away. Um, there's been a number of games under Burn where you've watched and you thought, you know, if we if we had a little bit more. We could have won these games. We could easily be six, seven, eight points better off just from those, you know, just from those games. Um, and it's it's a it's a wonder whether whether you kind of take a risk in summer and you you, you bring it, you you know look to bring in a different manager or whether you kind of play it safe and you you go for kind of 
and you go for a couple of years of basic safety because I think you're not getting relegated under Bowen because he plays very safe and he's he plays to not lose matches some of the time. I think with our financial situation, I think that's a perfect manager because yeah. I think he's going to have to do a Brian McDermott job over the next few years if he's here in all probability he won't because managers don't last that long he's going to have to sell his, some of his best players in the summer he will get some money to buy some players but he's not going to get anywhere near the same amount I mean I kind of hope he doesn't because if he does our finances are going to be an absolute disaster zone even worse than what they are now I know as a football fan you want to see your team go out and buy players but if we could find some a couple of gems and I just think those those wide players are so key. You look at the players that Madoma had. You had Joby. You had Jimmy Kebe. You compare it to what we've got now. It's night and day, isn't it, Matt? Oh, 100%. 100%. And with, with, with the football he he wants to play, um, you know, you, some people say, oh, well, he had January to, to figure out. You know, January is a very hard transfer window. And there's a lot of things that go on there, especially, you know, with, with, with our finances that is probably quite apparent to him at that stage. You know, like like I think to to I think the biggest thing if for for people that that want want Bowen out and you, you know to change manager, I think that the biggest question you've got to ask yourself: What are you actually gaining? What are you gaining by starting the whole cycle again? You know, we've done this time after time, year after year, and for the for the first time really, you know, since probably our first season back down from from the Premier League, we we've looked like a relatively safe side, and or well, and bar that one season of the Stam, obviously. You know, we, we, we've looked like a safe side. You know, we haven't looked like we're going down. We've, we're competing again, you know. So like, I think for, for people that, that are thinking, you know, they, 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 they've had enough of Bowen. Well, what, what are you marking this on? You know, are you comparing this to, you know, the, the manager that everyone seems to absolutely praise so highly of in Reading FC and Gomez, who was probably our worst manager in God knows how many years, you know, couldn't buy a win for his life. Are you comparing that to, to Clement, who was woeful you know like it's, it's it's what what do you want it's and that, that that that's why i think you know bowen he's more than he's more than a you know at least a, a season because what, what are you going to be what are you going to be gaining by sacking him and you're gonna have to pay off another manager pay off another salary and you with, with, with our account, accounts that are already in dire straits so it's like it, it just does it wouldn't make sense to me to just start the cycle again no, I totally agree with all of that, definitely. I mean, you just got to look at the table. We are effectively 12 points clear of Barnsley being third bottom because we're going to have their 12-point deduction. I know it doesn't actually look like it. But we're actually 11, but our goal difference is so much better than Barnsley. Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant. Um, we've got four games left. We're all but there. We're going to be completely fine. You've got to look at where we've been for the last few seasons. We've been going into the last game of the season, or at least the penultimate game of the season, in a relegation battle. We're a few games to go. I mean, it's only a small bit of progress, but it's a little bit of progress. And if you look at what he's picking up the points, you look at the shape that he's got. Is it the most exciting football I've ever seen? No, it's definitely not. And tonight was a classic example of a really dull match. But if we win that game 1-0, who is really going to care, Alex, about the performance, not that much, are they? Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree to an extent. There is a there is a portion of me which says our results is all that matters, but that's kind of what we saw in the Stam, and everybody ended up when Stam left said, "Well, the football was very dull, even though we were winning." 
Um, and whilst it's very exciting, you know, while you're winning, as soon as you don't win, the performances are bad. It's more it, exciting it, than Stam. Stam was horrible. Yeah, that okay. Was horrible. It was, yeah, it's <laughs> slightly more exciting. But I mean, in the, in the sense of if you don't, if you're playing badly and you don't win, people turn against the managers much quicker. Um, so, I mean, you're right. People probably wouldn't have complained if we if we you know squeaked out a one nil win today and it had been very tight. People would have just said, "Well, that's six points from six and kind of moved on. Um, so, uh, like, I, I'd find it difficult to make too many complaints about tonight. It's just kind of going to be one of those games that people are going to have to live and forget with, I guess. Definitely. There's nothing to one of. I think one of the best pluses from tonight is is the fact that I think we're now on 53 points. I don't think any team has ever been relegated with 53 points. And, and there. Happy... <laughs> Happy days. Unfortunately, <laughs> Matt, someone has been relegated with 55, but let's hey. just void over that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someone me. has gone down with 55 points. I thought, How I thought lucky were they? Two I can't remember years. who it was now off the top of my head. But a team went down with 55 points. That's really Jinx unlucky, it. isn't it? I'm sorry I've, I've jinxed it. We're going down. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Off the top of my head, I think it might be <laughs> Barnsley, but that could be wrong. That could be totally wrong. <laughs> So, thank you for listening tonight. It was not the most upbeat and exciting match one, was it? Talking about all the goals we scored. But we didn't lose. It was another clean sheet. And, you know, let's get a Brian McDermott thing in. WNG. Win next game. Cheers.